You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Knife Talk once again every Monday morning. We are here, myself, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, Jeff Fader of Fader Knives, and Mareko Momasi of Momasi Fire Arts, who thankfully is keeping his distance today. He's been struck down with the COVID. How are you, Mareko? <laughs> struck down. I know. I was just, I was getting too arrogant. I was like, ah, oh, I haven't gotten COVID. And then boom, like the next fucking day after uh, we recorded, I was like, wow, my throat feels really rough. And it, it hasn't felt like this in a long time. And this okay. is the first time you've had it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I was trying to be thoughtful going throughout my day, and then I tested, and it was negative, and, and then I woke up in the middle of the night after tossing and turning and being, like, super hot and super cold and super hot and super cold. I was like, God damn it, what the fuck? And so I popped out an- another test and took it sitting there in the middle of the night, and, like, three minutes in, <laughs> into the, like, the 15-minute wait, it's, like, positive. <laughs> uh, so I've been, uh Yeah trying to figure out what to do with myself uh i've been we have like an office space at my house and so i've been kind of uh self-quarantined in there um the wife has already gone through it but the kid hasn't so just trying to help keep the germ spread down more than anything not that we're like too worried about him getting it it's just um what's well, a drag it's yeah, a drag. It's just, exactly. Yeah, it's a That's exactly. It's it's, a it's super yeah. uncomfortable. It's not fun. <laughs> you know, you like trying to figure out what to do with myself for like 3 or 4 days like was fucking boring. I like I got to where I was like we we watching, rewatching like Game of Thrones and watching other movies and stuff and then I was burned out on that and I would just lay there listening to audiobooks. Otherwise I would like r- just sleep. <laughs> it's like oh, this sucks. Sounds Your like heaven. Needs it. Your Sounds like easy, heaven you know? to me, that. I know, yeah. <laughs> That's like Craig's, like Craig's heaven. Yeah. Well, right. oh, Craig's heaven would be uh, self quarantining in the bathtub. Right. With his balls floating, <laughs> the floating up ah. next to his chin. Yeah. <laughs> chin. Wow. <laughs> A set of nuts on him. 
floating. <laughs> no, just a hell of a chin on me. <laughs> so aside from that, I mean, how are things going, you know? Well, I haven't really done much the last week. Yeah, yeah. I, I am getting ready. I do have a class, though, this weekend. Uh, my my reverse engineering the uh, mosaic Damascus class. So it's it struck right at the right time because I can still go and do the class and everything. Because like I got people coming up from Sacramento and I got two fucking guys coming from Israel. Oh, wow. uh, I got a, f- a guy coming down from Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, so there's people coming kind of from all over the place. And so if, you know, to have to cancel last second because of COVID would have been lame, but uh, timing wise, it worked out. So now I'm just trying to focus on uh, the getting ready for the class. I actually was having stress dreams last night, hmm. like super stressed out and worried about the food for the class. Um because we're kind of like semi-catering it where um, basically instead of people having to worry about running out and get their own food and stuff like that, they just like everybody threw in and we're, we're going to have kind of like a lunch buffet and build your own sandwich and all the accoutrements and salad and veggies and all fruit and all that kind of shit, sodas. And it's going to be a good lunch. But um, I just actually, I just got back from Costco uh, and getting all that stuff right now. But uh, I don't know where I was going with that. But anyways, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And um, Costco's crazy first thing in the morning. Have you guys ever been? No. No. It's fucking <laughs> insanity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like the geriatric lineup was for fucking real. It, there was like 150 people lined up with carts waiting to go into, gro- go into the grocery wow. store. I was you like, sure this wasn't like a COVID fever dream? <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no I, was, I was literally just, I got on my truck and I walked over and I was like, this is fucking stupid. And I went and sat back down in my truck for like 10 minutes. And I came back and the tail of the line was still just like, just making its way in. Wow. I was like, these people are crazy. <laughs> and when I came out, there were no grocery carts. That's how busy it was. There were no fucking grocery carts available. It was insane. Jeez. Craig, you can tell that he was bored. For I was bored because I was psyched days. about Waiting going to, go to, to a Costco. supermarket. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that story, unbelievable. I, mean, I know. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, I'm glad you're feeling better. And I, I, hope, I hope you're going to be 100% for Maker Camp. It feels good to be yeah. back out in the world. All right. Okay. A little okay. Bit. A little bit. Cool. Craig, how you doing? Um, I'm good. Yeah, really good. Um, I had a good few days away. We went to uh, it's the Rugby World Cup at the moment, oh. um, and it's here in France. Um, oh. And so my brother came over, and we went to Lyon for the Wales Australia game. And um, you know, traditionally Wales, you know, Australia a, a great team, and we spanked them, absolutely oh killed them. Um, and it was it was a hell of a night. So Lyon was just overrun with Welsh fans. There was just seas of red everywhere. Um, yeah, it was it was a really really good night. It took me sort of two days to recover from that. Um, I bet. But yeah, all good, all good. My kid just joined the college rugby club. Oh so wow! She's yeah. uh, she's she's getting yoked. <laughs> she's getting sw- getting arms getting big, and now she wants to kick somebody's ass. Football yeah. wasn't enough, so <laughs> <laughs> you know. Nice. Well, my my brother's daughter, um, she's just she's turning seventeen actually next month. Um, she she's played for Wales right through sort of teens for women's rugby, and um, she's now going to the senior team only at seventeen. Um, 
yeah, it's becoming a big, big sport. Women's rugby is becoming a big thing here. There you go. Nice. Next thing you know, I mean, it's going to take over the world. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? What's been going on with you, Jeff? Bro, we got a lot to get to. And I we're ha- we're hauling ass over here working on this project, which I'm super pumped about. I'm waiting on a couple things from my friends over at the New Jersey Steel Baron so I can have some stings, uh, extra stuff for Maker Camp. I'm going to have some friction folders, and we're getting ready to demo that. I've gotten some stuff to go with, and we're working on these. We're stabilizing wood for another project, and we're running on a pile of stuff. And I got a new newsletter coming out. It's crazy. And then now I'm trying to promote this uh, class with the Florentine Kitchen Knives, and uh, we're going to be down uh, two classes. One, the first weekend will be the last weekend in June, and then... The next weekend in first week of of, of uh, July, so we're excited, and it's everything's all systems go. But you know what? It's enough about me. We got a lot to get to, guys. A lot. Number yes. one is we have to stop teasing this whole Will Willis thing and kind of talk about it. Number one. Number two is we finally can talk about Britney Spears in the regular show without feeling like we're shouldn't be here. <laughs> this is an after show, a real knife talk situation. We have questions. We have listener feedback. I have a couple topics if you want to. We got a lot to get to. Okay. Okay. Well, so. let's get straight in with the Will Willis thing. I think people are waiting for that. Uh, but before we do... Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven... Go to evenheat-kiln.com. So, I guess to set it up, Will Willis was the. Well, I guess I guess he was the was he the host? Yes. Or was he was the host of Forge and Fire for a long time? He decorated a military, proudly served the military, of the United States. A great face of uh, Forge and Fire for years. Probably one of the probably more prominent faces on the show, and he left. And then, uh, I don't know, a year ago or something like that. And then he recently went on a podcast to say what happened. So we were sent the podcast and figured we'd talk about it. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure most people now who are listening have maybe seen clips of it at least. Um, It's been circulated everywhere, really. Every time I open Instagram, there's clips of it. Um, But yeah, it was quite a frank, quite an honest um, interview where he he put his opinions across. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen it, Je- uh, Marekko? Uh, I've seen it, but I actually knew about it when it was happening. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> that's right. We were all, yeah, that's right. We were all told. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, so Marekko, you knew, yeah. you know Will. Yes. Kind of talk about what you, th- what you heard and think and what you, what he said and what's your takeaway. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like he was he was in a tough position because he has you know ultimately the, the choices we make we got to live with ourselves right and I think it came down to basically what they were asking him to do or kind of to go along with for the show went against his moral values right. um, one of the things that really uh, especially one of the last times I talked to him was actually at Sacramento last year at the, the Forge table show. He was there with his family and it was good to catch up with him a little bit, but um, yeah, it was just, he, he saw them doing things that he didn't really appreciate. And I think the big part of it is like, he, he, 
as the host of the show, he took it as his role to not only be the avatar for the audience, so constantly asking the judges questions like he talks about in the interview, like, why are they doing that? What does this term mean? What is that technique? All that kind of stuff, right? The audience is also probably watching the show and being like, has no idea what they're looking at. So he kind of played that in between where he's like, judges or people who have experience with this, what the hell is going on? What is that? Why would you make that choice? And all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, and so then, going back, going okay. back before that, was he a knife maker? Or was it literally the, the knowledge he's picked up from doing the show for so long? No, no, no. He's a weapons. I mean, he, he's a, he comes from the military, and his military training is where he gets his expertise okay, uh, yeah. and, okay. and background in, in using weapons. And so, that, so he, he's the avatar for the audience, but at the same time, he was always kind of the advocate for the makers too. Hmm. Um, and, and it was very apparent and he was always kind of on our side, uh, which was really cool. Even from the first season, um, I was only on, uh, the first season, I was in one episode in the first season, one episode in the fourth season, but both times in my interactions with him were really good. The second time, actually, when I was there with Josh Smith afterwards, I went out and we got drinks with Will and, uh, I think Doug as well. And, um, and we, you know, uh, oh, and Jason actually was there in that episode as well. So we all just kind of went out and had some drinks and hang, hung out and got to get know each other better. Um, and that's where he kind of like is espousing his philosophy about his position on the show. Uh, f like the first time I'm really kind of getting that from him. Uh, and it makes sense. And it's cool that he's there because he, the reality is like the show is a game show. It's not real life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the people that are coming onto the show are potentially putting their reputations on the line um, and, and could potentially look like absolute fucking fools. And so his position or will's position was always to try to stand up for the makers that are actually putting themselves on the line um the show's gonna like the, the show is a show the, the honestly the, the the purpose of a show is to sell advertising space you know the commercials in between and all that shit right so they, their job is to keep it interesting and his job he felt like was to help advocate for the makers who are potent who are the ones who are putting themselves on the line and their reputations on the line and it was towards the end as he was talking about um in the interview where they were doing the especially the judges versus competitors and uh, where he was starting to have issues with especially and, and he didn't really get into it into in the uh in the interview but what he had said specifically to me was the way that the judges were testing the other judges work was different from how the judges were testing the competitors work, mm. which meant basically that they were kind of taking it easy on the judges. And again, Will gets into it in an interview about why they might want to try to do that and preserve kind of like the sense of, you know, the experts weapon or weapons expert or sword making weapon or expert or master Smith, like these, all these guys, they have to be like the best of the best. And, you know, I think there are a couple episodes where the judges versus competitors, I haven't seen any of them, but there are definitely some episodes where the competitors actually do come out on top but there were there were enough for will to finally take a stand and step down or put his fist down and say i'm not fucking doing this and and he left the studio and and they basically uh let him go after that <laughs> yeah craig what was your takeaway um 
as as Marekko said, he his morals played a big part of that. Um, and at the end of the day, it's it's entertainment. It's a TV show, but then obviously there's a competition element to it. Um, and yeah, as Marekko said, him wanting to take the sides of the makers because um, he's you know he actually mentioned it in the thing as well. You know, ten grand is is a lot of money for you know for for, for anybody, right? Yeah. But the, but he also he actually also mentioned in there as well that the the uh, the judges could possibly on ten grand an episode each. Yeah, which which was a bit oh that 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 <laughs> doesn't seem right. <laughs> considering you've got these competitors putting everything on the line right. for it, um, and I suppose that's just one of those things where he thought well this isn't right, and yeah he made a stand, and I think good for him because I think so many people in in that sort of entertainment industry where. You know, it's it's made him a, a I wouldn't say a household name, but it's made him a star. Certainly within within our community, everybody he's a name that everybody would know. Right. Um, and then you know to to make a stand where potentially losing it all, which obviously he did. Well, I say lose it all. You know, he lost his, this part, I suppose. Um, it's it's yeah, it's a it's a noble thing to do. Good on him. I give him a lot of credit because yeah. he. You know, the funny thing is, is when you listen to the interview, he's very candid. I mean, he's having a drink. He's very relaxed. He's being very forthright. But there's no bombs being dropped. I mean, he's basically corroborating what we kind of already knew, Hmm. that there's, you know, manipulation in that TV show. When I say manipulation, I mean, like, when you edit something... That's manipulation. You know, it's like, so, so there are, there are, clearly you have this mix between craftspeople competing against each other versus showrunners and TV people trying to create a storyline or something that will make the show compelling. So you have this kind of like confluence between the honesty of it all and what's going to make a good show. And I got, you know, I think I'm, I give him a lot of credit for standing up. And I think that you could probably make the same case. We've had Jason Knight on before and he basically, I think he, I think he in so many words said the same thing. Mm. Um, one of the reasons why he left. It's a tough spot because the funny thing is about these shows are, I mean, they, Forge and Fire is a massive success. However you cut it, it's been on so many years yeah, like, and all around the world too. All around I, the I world, mean, and in the UK, here in France, I've been on holiday. So I watched it in Spain. I watched it in Spain. No, it's it's a massive success that I don't think people realize how hard it is for a TV show to last as long as it, a show like Forge and Fire has, and it is. Mm. I mean, it is pretty incredible, and for him to take that stand of you know being like I can't do this anymore, or I'm not you know I'm not saying what you're asking me to say. That's a big deal. It's a big deal, and um, he's got a lot of uh, a lot. I mean, I respect I respect his decisions. I, I think they all lasted a long time. You know, trying to do this, and it's it is. Um, I uh, I thought it was very. Well, frankly, none of it surprised me. I mean, did it surprise hmm. any of you? No, I mean we we've said for a long time that you know. There was a point. I think even now they do actually show the the makers uh, business name, you know, under their name when they when it pops up. But you know, we all said they should have, you know, their whether their Instagram account or their website or something. So if you're putting yourself out there, there's something that could potentially come from it for you, whether it's you know a few extra orders or whatever it may be. Um, but the, the, yeah, they they certainly didn't do much of that at all, and. Um, and then, as Morocco said, you know, they'll actually take the weapons that you use as well, and they'll keep them um, if you didn't win. Um, well, if you did beca- win, which is like basically being paid for the work you did. 
Yeah, yeah, and potentially that would have a value that you could resell yourself right. and, you know, recoup the costs that it's cost you to be there, at least, you know? Yeah. Well, what do yeah. you think, Baracko? Uh... Yeah, in what aspect? I mean, like, I mean, anything else that kind of stuck out to you? Um, no, I think, I think the... I think the thing that really stands out is he's just kind of like helping to people to remember that it's a fucking game show. It's not mm-hmm. real life. It's not the real reality of how most any of the makers would actually conduct themselves in their own shop on their own timelines. And so to try to keep that in mind when you are watching the show. Uh, and I think obviously like so many people I'm sure have come up to both you and talked about Forge of Fire and how they did this and how they did that. And mm. And um, and people think this is the real deal. This is how it's actually done, and that is not the case. Um, you know, there are aspects, but the way that it's being done in that game show is definitely not how you. Any, I think most any of us would choose how to operate in our day to day business. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think the key is just for people. I mean, obviously, the show has had a, a big positive impact. In, uh, yeah. especially in regard to so many people realizing that this is a thing that people still do and taking it up and finding their calling in it. Um, but mm-hmm. at the same time, um, the, you know, there are some, I think the, the negative stuff is conveniently kind of swept under the rug a little bit and so, or kept out of, out of sight. And so I think be- the benefit of what Will has done, and I don't know if this is going to bring him any, you know, uh, legal action his way but um well, what about you what are you allowed to right even now? talk about this yeah sure okay i, I can yeah um is that uh yeah it, it is fuck i lost my train of thought <laughs> it's just oh, it's good it's no, no no it's good it's, it's the the show the show you has had a positive the fuck impact him, jeff <laughs> what <laughs> you just scared the fuck out of him <laughs> Yeah. I'm sitting oh, on a Jesus pile of Christ. shit now. <laughs> the fever COVID dream. Lawyers, don't worry, lawyers. He's in a fever COVID dream. Yeah. None of this is real. But no, I, I would say ahead. the show has spawned a whole genre of those type of shows now. Um, sure. Daytime TV on certain channels is just full of it, whether they're making knives baking cakes or whatever it is that sort of competition element of makers doing stuff it's everywhere now i, I mean it kind of started with food cooking anyways i mean right. basically forge and fire is the chopped of knife making yes yeah yeah i, I what's what's interesting is is i when i was with uh, pat quinn of the center for middle arts he you know they do that they have this huge conference where they're forging you know 600 700 pounds of steel the funny thing is, is he says forging is a, a, is long. It takes a long time, and he basically says blacksmithing is not a spectator sport because it it takes so long to do so many processes. I mean, that's why they can edit Forge and Fire down to half an hour or whatever hour long the show is, mm-hmm. and it's because you it there's so much in it that it's so goddamn boring. That you can't, you have to edit it down. They can take the highlights. They yeah. got to take the highlights. The sweat, so there has the, yeah, to be yeah. a degree of manipulation because otherwise, no. I mean, Pat can't get people to sit all day long and watch him forge these giant blocks. Is people going to lose their minds? It's enough already. <laughs> and that's why during demos, people don't people don't want to sit there unless your demo is under half an hour. People don't want to sit there for the whole time. Yeah, it's crazy. I give him a lot of credit. I also think he seems bitter. I mean, I think that it was. Oh, sure. um, I think he seems bitter. Um, 
it seems uh, as though, you know, most of the guys, and he had a good, I feel bad for him only because it's like he had a family. He had a good thing going. He could have written, you know, rode the wave for a little bit longer and his moral compass turned him, turned him, made him, uh, God bless him. I I give him a lot of credit. He's a very, very uh, moral guy or or ethical Mm. guy. He's got his own virtue, you know? And I can't imagine there's many of them in TV. No, these scum. I mean, they fired yeah. him in a in a public in a public place, so he wouldn't freak out. That was yeah. part of the interview too. Oh yeah, you know, which was like you know that was whatever. These scum or you know these people are such scum. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now, if we had any opinions from people who well, we mentioned this last week, we had any opinions from anybody? Um, I think it was along this. I mean, it, the 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 opinions, and I'm not reading anybody's opinions off, but I mean, it was more along the lines of you know we kind of knew that. It was fit. The fix was in. I mean, that's. I mean, I'm being glib, but I mean, from the messages we've been receiving, it's sort of been like we knew that weird shit happens. This fucking thing is weird. You know, it's not a hundred percent. I mean, obviously, it's this isn't like the truth of you know the spotlight of truth. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there that they have to manipulate, and everyone, no one is stunned. That's for sure. You know, so. I hope he does well. I hope he. I hope. I hope whatever he does is, he's happy at least. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he was a good host. I mean, he was yeah, a as you great said, host. He, he he took that role of inviting the viewer to to answer those questions. You know, and I think you know there's a huge skill in that. So yeah, hopefully we'd see him in something again. Yeah. There you go. We've covered it. All those all those fake radio teases we're just we're we're, we're pulling for <laughs> pulling for now now we have to get to the next topic of conversation which is britney spears this is very important i've been yes. getting pictures and video i've been getting non-stop dms <laughs> of a video of britney spears in her i don't know underwear or bathing bathing suit whatever She's in her kitchen and she's dancing, and the, you could say, "Okay, knife talk, what the fuck?" But she's got two knives in her hands, two kitchen, two culinary knives, two yes. inexpensive culinary knives. And what she does, what she does actually <laughs> say, are stage knives. They're not um, real. The fuck knives. at it. She did that. Say that. Oh, fuck That's what she it. says. Well, That's what she says. She's dancing around with these culinary knives, and it's getting sent around the knife making world. And it's just like, God, when are we going to get rid of this? Yeah. Well, what she, do you think of that? Reckon, well, you've seen it, haven't you? No. All right, well, go, go, hurry up, go online, mute yourself, it's on go her online. Thing now. You gotta and, see um, it now. So I'll read, I'll read the comment that she's put with it. Um, she says, "I started playing in the kitchen with knives today," and it says, "Don't worry, they are not real knives. Halloween is soon." So I think they're prop knives, kinds of things. She makes clanging noises. Yeah, but that's just a rage. Well, what do you think, Craig? Um. I think she's a Fruit Loop. <laughs> I, yeah, I follow it on Instagram just because it's you never like, know. it's it's a car crash. It really is, and um, and I know I hate myself for it, but it's a mild sort of entertainment for me, I suppose. Um, yeah, I yeah, it's she says they're 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 not real. They're Halloween knives, as in props, but who knows? Who knows? I feel hmm. bad for her, frankly. Oh, I completely do. Completely do. Yes, yeah. I feel bad for her because because now it's just you know nonstop jokes that she's nuts. Yeah, and it's very clear that she has been taken advantage of by her family, been taken advantage of as as a you know without any real like 
foundation of understanding of our own mental well health, mental health and well-being and i yeah. kind of like i want to make jokes i was going to like do a meme and and i was just like you know what i don't need to add on to this 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 woman is in in desperate need of some sort of guidance not necessarily help but she needs some little bit of guidance cuz it's so it's just so it's hard to watch frankly you yeah, know it is it is and i think she's just gone through a divorce now as well um, so yeah, there's lots going so, on. So I mean, did you see it yet, Mareko? Yeah, I got it. I found it. What do you think? Uh, I mean, honestly, if you've ever seen any kind of belly dancing where they're doing stuff with knives and stuff, it doesn't look too different, except for maybe better choreography. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty oh, bad, it's like, isn't it? Oh, it's an art critique. Okay, okay, well, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I, but honestly, like, it doesn't look too odd to me. Uh, Does it yeah. look odd with the dogs in the background and her like mascara running down her face? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a, someone who used to be the most one of the most famous faces on the earth, and she's just kind of she's just. Yeah. I, I I personally find that whole knife thing. You know, if she was in the UK, the Bobbies would be knocking down her door. <laughs> the Bobbies. The Bobbies would be knocking down her door, and putting her in the fucking clink. That's the for Rosas. sure. Yeah, they would be. You know, yeah. but uh, it seems to me. I mean, I you can't help but think people say, "Oh, knives are tools and stuff like that." Well, she didn't take spoons. You know, it's like she didn't do that dance with pillows. I mean, she fucking grabbed <laughs> fucking chef knives and dancing around. And there's this element of danger. And it's yeah. like, what is she trying to say? I don't think that there are any. I don't think people do anything on accident. I think everything's purposeful. And I think that there's this very, very, and even her saying that stage knives. I think that was an afterthought. She didn't just, you know. I, I, I honestly think that she's got some real problems. That she, I, I hope that she gets the help that she needed yeah. a long time. I mean, I agree. I feel like she definitely has some issues. For sure. Yeah. But those dances are like every day. These really awkward, terrible oh, dances really? and the bad eye makeup. It, it's every day. Yikes. You know, but yeah, for that day, for whatever reason, there's knives involved. Very strange. There you okay. go. So we covered a couple bases. Uh, God bless Britney Spears. I hope you get the help you need. Yeah. You know? Wow. Look at us. Entertainment news. Guys, combat we've... abrasives. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. I, Sorry. I was just going to say the two issues, <laughs> our answers were not controversial whatsoever. Not at all. At all. No, no. <laughs> Who'd have thought? <laughs> <laughs> On to Dick Combat jokes. Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. 15% off. Do it now. Okay, should we do some questions? We got questions. We have feedback. We also have a topic. Whatever you want. Okay, well, let's start with a few questions, and then we'll progress. Um, web blades. Uh, he's got a beef. Some someone orders an ulu knife, wants it all forged and beefy. Complains how the balance isn't right, and it feels unsteady when using it. He says, "Hey, my guy, you ever use a new ulu? They're horrendous." Then he inquires on a custom Serbian chef knife, but he needs to, he needs it to have good balance again. He says, "I'm not your guy." Thanks for all the laughs and great episodes over the years. Superb broadcasting. 
Mm. Again, I think that's maybe um, something to do with Forged in Fire. People are seeing all these crazy knives, and they're like, and then they hear about balance of a chef knife and that as well, and they're just getting all these crazy terms in their head, and they'll they'll say, yeah, I want a, a Serbian chef knife with you know a super thin tapered spine and the balance needs to be just right and they just they're just using words that they've heard yeah they no clue what they're talking about that serbian chef knife is is a bane in our existence and it all comes from the goddamn is <laughs> old reels of these dudes cooking food on rocks <laughs> and they yes. have a, yeah, yeah. a shovel knife and uh, all of a sudden it, i i just don't see how they could be comfortable at all to use but at the mm. same time the funniest part is how do you balance a Serbian chef knife? The goddamn thing is like a fucking... I mean, it's yeah. like a trowel. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're absurd. It's going it's to balance somewhere, but probably not where you want it to balance. Now, That's, what's yeah. an ulu? Do you know what an ulu is, guys? Yes. No. Go ahead. Uh, an ulu is kind of like a, a semi-circle-shaped blade with a handle in the middle. It, it I believe, comes from uh, Aleut or Inuit, Northern Native American culture used for and they use it for everything from uh mincing up herbs and and stuff like that to skinning animals breaking down the meat seals and whale and whatever that they usually are are hunting up in those northern hemisphere high northern hemisphere areas um and so yeah but they are awkward if you don't know what the fuck you're doing they are super awkward and I think the problem is, is when somebody is like, "Ooh, that looks cool," because they've watched. Because <laughs> basically, it, it looks like a like a tiny Klingon sword, basically. Um, so I guarantee he probably wanted a couple of them so he could do that Britney Spears dance. Actually, uh, <laughs> oops, you did it again. Oh, it's out of balance. <laughs> I cut my leg off. Oh baby, oh baby, oh baby. Now that would be the move. Is all you knife makers, you could all reach out to her and say. You know, we really loved your dance, but maybe, <laughs> maybe I bet people already have. I bet you there's makers out there who said, oh, "I'd love to send you a knife." I'd love to send you a knife for you to use in your beautiful dancing. That's the way these <laughs> oh scum God. work. That's the way these scum work. This is my opportunity. Well, what? You, tell me your new business plan. I'm gonna try to see if I can col- collab with Britney Spears, Pray and I'll make her mental instability. Special- I'll make her these special <laughs> knives that she can really rock out to. She can <laughs> clang them around, clang them around in the in the behind the dogs. It's great. Yeah, madness, madness. Okay, who's taking the next one? The take- next one comes from the Adventures of Chris and Marlana. Uh, here's the age-old dilemma, guys. I'm not a knife maker, but I do make knives. Not top of the line. More like, shall we say, mediocre knives and being proud of them. And I'll show them off on social media pages. And to my surprise, a few people want to purchase them. So my age-old question is, how much do I charge? Like Hmm. I said, they're mediocre at best. I just do them for the fun of it. Uh, Thanks for for everything. Sorry this was so long. This was not that long. (laughs) We get the fucking, (laughs) we get the Magna Carta usually. Magna Carta Jr. This was not it. So what do you think, guys? What should he charge? What's the rule of thumb? There's no rule of thumb. It's it's supply and demand. Um, uh, the, the main the main thing that I'm uh, I'm not worried about. The main thing that they say is, is saying that you, you know you think they're mediocre. Um, you 
This may this may be something that that that's just your hang up. These may be great knives, which is why people want them, but in your mind they're just mediocre. Um, but if you think they're mediocre, maybe you should just work on them a bit more before you offer any for sale. Um, yeah, that's my thought. I think. What do you think, Bracco? Um, I mean. <laughs> I think if you look around, there are a couple, there are a few great stores online. Uh, our friends over at Eating Tools and other uh, kind of knife purveyors along those lines. If you, I, I feel like I've said this before for sure, but just kind of shopping around and see what looks like your work as well and try to get an idea of what they're selling that for. Um, and then maybe you start out a certain percentage 30, 40% underneath that price point, maybe you say, fuck it, and you try to sell it at that price point. Um, it's all, honestly, unfortunately, it's kind of just a, sh you're, we're all kind of just shooting from our hips, I feel like. Hmm. That's a good point. Um, I also think that when I was starting out as a sculptor and somebody wanted to buy my sculpture, they said, how much is it? And I, my rule of thumb was, what am I willing to part with it for? So mm. if yeah. you say to yourself, or if you can, regardless of whether or not you feel like you're mediocre or not, you can say, if somebody offers me $150 for this knife, am I going to be sad about it? Maybe a little bit sad. All right, how about $175? Eh, we're getting better. $200, okay, I can part with this for $200. And there you go. That's a good starting point. Yeah. Is mm. to feel it's like value to you. To yeah. value yeah. to yeah. you. Because if you're not planning on being a knife maker, but you want to like, you, f you will feel good if someone's supporting you. You feel good when someone puts some degree of value on something that you make. It's, you know, the natural human uh, response to doing something that you like in somebody validating it figure out a price that you're not going to be sad about if you give it away and then mm. there you go that's your starting point i tried to pull up the adventures of chris and marlana i couldn't find them i was i'm curious to see what the pit knives look like i'm sure they're better than mediocre we're being nice we see this is the nice episode we were nice to will willis <laughs> we were nice to britney spears they were nice to adventures of chris and marlana there we go there we go. Now we're going to be I tell mean you what, to if, Philly Knife Co. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was going to say, if you're just getting into it and you're going to need some stuff, um, you could do well to go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com because they're the one-stop shop for knife makers. Steel belts, handle materials, tools, forges, kilns, and more. Basically, anything that we mention on the show, um, Lawrence will stock. He's a really good guy. Go take a look, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com, and it's also MaritimeKnifeSupply on Instagram. Lawrence is going to be mean. Oh, I was just going to say, Lawrence is going to be at Maker Camp. So anybody who's going to be at Maker Camp who gets stuff from Lawrence, try to find him. Say thank you. He's a good dude. Yeah. All right, brown bag. You think he's going to brown bag it this this year? What do you mean brown bag it? He brown bagged it yes last year. He brought, they got mad at him for bringing like sodas for people. What? No, don't worry about it. Why are they getting mad? I'm just, I'm what just are they getting mad about I'm sodas? Joking around. I'm joking around. <laughs> he was he was giving T-shirts away, and I think they got irritated because he was a brown bag in it. But I see. Is the, don't worry about it. Never mind. Philly Knife Co. Let's chant. Let's get mean. Question: I work in a small shop in the basement of my Philadelphia row home. There isn't enough air exchange to run a forge, and the liability, even if I was to go for it, uh, to my home is unattainable. Uh, untenable. I really want to dip my wick in the blacksmithing side of the industry badly. Um, 
is an induction forge my only option financially that is a horse a horse pill to swallow along with all the other smithing uh, needs to get running will fish Fisterbush? I almost said <laughs> Fisterbush. <laughs> <laughs> Willie Fisterbush. Yeah. Good job. That's a good one. Willie Will- Fisterbush. Well, Willie. Willie from Philly. <laughs> Willie yeah. from Philly. Uh, yeah, big Willie. Um, well, you don't have to forge. Um, well, he wants many to us, forge. Yeah, many of us don't. But um, it depends what you're doing. If you're making knives or whether, you know, you're a fire whatever you I'm not, he doesn't quite say, but he says Philly Knife Co. Um um do 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 he doesn't actually say he wants to forge um he since he wants yeah. to get in, he wants to dip his wick into the blacksmithing badly oh fair enough fair enough yeah okay okay get get some of that fist dip um, <laughs> oh, no, before you yet. before you start oh, um well if if that is the case then maybe he's right maybe an induction forge is is the way what do you guys think what do you think Marekko? i mean i think it's still the problem well one induction forges are extremely expensive um, and I still think heat is a problem <laughs> with an induction forge because you're going to be heating that steel up to really high temperatures to be able to forge it. Um, it's just as bad as just running a regular forge kind of, um, it, in Philly, there's gotta be, oh man. Well, there's no, gonna... but there's no gas. There's no, true. there's, there's no, no gas. Like, off gas. There's no like carbon monoxide. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah. There's no venting needed. I From see. what I understand. Um, I guess you could probably manage it. Uh, if, if like realistically, you could forge using a induction forge. Uh, I lost the word for a second. Sorry. Um, it's just uh, you. You could only forge blade. I, I don't. You couldn't really like do Damascus or anything like that. Um, but it's also man. That is an that is a hefty tool. To be able to do that, like you almost might as well get a fucking heat treating kiln and then use the heat treating kiln as a forge. Like your power bill is going to be on the, about at the same level because those things pull a lot of energy. It's it, the the there's a number of problems. One is well, one thing is is these induction forges are getting cheaper and cheaper. They're all coming from China, and guys are picking them up left and right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I. I I I have seen you know Cliff had one in his basement when he had a shop in, the, in a basement in Manhattan, mm. so he didn't have a problem in terms of um, of gas of of there was no uh, there was no carbon monoxide there was no none of that. the The problem is is like for forging is it's really something that like you can't. You got to take classes. I think the first thing you should do is I think that you should really consider, and I think that most of our listeners should should really reconsider the way they think in terms of I want to learn how to do this. I'm going to buy this. I think you. I think that if you find yourself in a position where you can take classes at the Center for Metal Arts or you take it at the New England School of Metalwork, you're going to have a better understanding of what you're going to do because we we try to cobble together these alternatives, and it's like. It's not really where we need to be going because I'm not 100%. I've seen guys forging knives with the, the the induction forges, and some of them are, like, trying to loophole the forging process, and they're not really getting it right, and mm. they're heating a part that's not really supposed to be heated, and then they're, heating a, they're not heating a part they want to be heating, and then they're just saying, well, it's getting red, 
And I feel as though that there needs to be a better understanding of what forging actually is. I have a real strong opinion in regards to further education. And I think that there's a lot of cart before the horse stuff. Mm. Um, I would highly suggest instead to take some weekend classes at a place. Um, and then there are other guys. I know that uh, the Philly the Philly crew, I, I think the Philly Knife Company does stuff with... Uh, with Steve Pellegrino and Sully and, and uh, Jason Kill. I think he does stuff with those guys, but I think that that's a big issue. I think instead of saying, all right, well, you know what I just said, I just take, a, take some classes and figure out what you like about forging and then address that issue. Maybe you got a makerspace where somebody has a place where you can share and it's vented. I, I, I was don't, don't just start buying stuff. That up. They don't do start have, buying stuff. They have makerspaces in Philly. Um, whether or not they have the actual fabricating equipment is another situation. But I feel like there's got to be some fabrication spaces where people can work with metal that don't necessarily need to have like all the certifications or well, the, whatnot. The problem with these makers, I know that there used to be a place in Manhattan and or Brooklyn, and the problem is, is there are there's there's insurance liabilities that no, especially in a a big city, is yeah. going to take on. You know, so it's like. Forging is still incredibly dangerous for so many yeah. different reasons, <laughs> you know, for so many different reasons. And insurance companies aren't as likely, especially in a metropolitan area, to insure the, you know, take on the liability mm-hmm. for nothing. You know, I, I would highly suggest going to take, you know, spending your money on furthering your education. And actually, this actually was part of one of the topics I wanted to talk to you guys about, which was, you know, we were talking last week about influence versus uh, inspiration. What I was Mm. thinking about was, is it more important to have the tools or have the information, like have the knowledge? Because I was thinking about it and I was thinking about... um, I was thinking about, you know, my life and everything like that. And I was just like, yeah, when I die, I still, before I die, I still have all this experience. You know, it's not, I can't take my anvil with me. I'm not the Pharaoh, mm. but like all the experiences I've had and the learning that I've had, and I'll be able to take that with me. And I wonder, is it more, where, where are you taking that to? Where are you going with that? I mean, I'll be, I'll be in the box. I mean, or when they burn, <laughs> when they put up toes it's up. It's pretty fucking useless, when really, I'm toes isn't it? up and I'm toes up, and it's like I can't bring the fucking the shop with me. I guess Your my... kids can't sell that experience to go on holiday, but they can sell your equipment to go on holiday. Yeah, but I can't take it. But, I, but it doesn't matter. They can do whatever the fuck they want. I'm going by myself. <laughs> I'm not taking it. I'm not going to tell my family to bring it. Hey, by the way, get the forklift when I'm dead, and you're going to have to move everything in there with me. I, keep that fucking tire hammer. You can keep that fucking. Fader's you know, tomb. And I it's just like a mausoleum full yeah. of fucking blacksmithing equipment. Right. I'm going to have a soapstone. I'm going to have a soapstone in. It's going to say in and out. And the one, everything over the shop in. So all of a sudden, just like a pile of vice grips and some togs with me. And, no, of course not. But like it is, it's true. Like I think that a lot of makers are far more interested in the things that they have versus the, the things that they know. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Interesting. There, yeah, there's an argument for that. There's also the argument of. Um, if you get the stuff, um, you will a you will have fun learning how to do it, and also you may become a little bit more creative and do things in a slightly different way, which would help develop your own personal style. Of course, you know. So there's there's an argument for both, but I mean, and it's a personal decision. But I mean, there's a group of yeah. guys getting CNC machines that they can't, you know, if without if this if the power goes out, they're out. 
You know, they, yeah. they, you know, yeah, yeah. and I mean, it's what you know versus what you have. Yeah. Hmm. I think for me personally, it's I'm very thankful for what I know versus what I have because I already have a very basic setup, anyways. And if God forbid my shop burned down, it would take very little for me to get up and going again. Right. Very right. little. No, yeah. That's a that's a great point. I mean, I think about this stuff. Uh, we did uh, before we did. We're working on this big set of knives that were. Uh, late we had a water jet cut. We had a, a a set for a Christmas order, and I decided I didn't want to wait for the water jet. I thought we were going to just do them by hand, and we did up uh, six pieces all by hand. They're identical, and I felt that it was important to be able to say, "Okay, this is how we go." You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. About doing it and having the information and the knowledge of how to do it, as opposed to depending on uh, a piece of equipment or whatever to get it done. Hammers is the other thing. I mean, my hammers are not great. And a lot of it is because I'm not tooled up for it. Like, I don't have a press and I don't have the, you know, stripping tools and I don't have all the stuff that would make it much easier for me, but I know how to struggle through it and get it done. I under, have a better understanding of what needs to happen and then I can figure out stuff like that. Hmm. There you go. Yeah. Okay. No. Well, we didn't, we didn't beat up Philly Knife Co. We didn't. No, Willie Fisterbush. We were quite, <laughs> quite, yeah, yeah. Do you want to take Kyle Jackman's Morocco? Yeah, is this <laughs> these are a bunch of fake bullshit names? <laughs> no, <laughs> I think it's a real. No, Kyle Jackman's a seems like a. I mean, that's a seems like a good name. Okay. Uh, Kyle Jackman says, "Hey guys, long time listener, first time caller. Not a maker yet. Uh, prospective blacksmith, though. 
but how do I make the best use of my time trying to find knowledge and inspiration on Instagram? I'm having trouble trying to navigate the platform. Haven't had a true social media, sorry, haven't had a true social media since 2019 when Facebook banned me. Uh-huh. Mm. Kyle Jackman's trying to find inspiration. How do you navigate Instagram? That's, Are people yeah, using that, hashtags anymore? Um, I, I'm very much a <laughs> a lurker on Instagram. I very rarely use it now, and um, when I do, I ra- rarely post. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't be the right person to answer this one. Um, and in fact, most social media—that's the case with me now. But um, yeah, finding inspiration then on Instagram—what what would be the best way, uh, Jeff? Well, a number of years ago, for some reason, the algorithm thought I wanted to see uh, weightlifting bikini women, and 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 then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I'm like, what is going on with all these weightlifting bikini women? And I, the the algorithm found out that apparently I looked at one, and then that was that was that. <laughs> so I think that you need to find your fucking tribe, and then maybe all of a sudden you'll end up getting more uh, inspiration I, I will say the funny thing is i the, my biggest regret this particular year is joining tiktok and i got fucking sucked into a gremlin hole of horrible for it was like police pulling people out of cars and people oh. all the i mean it was so it was the algorithm on tiktok really got me depressed to the point where i like i cannot look at anything on this goddamn platform mm. like they were bar- i was getting barraged with like really really gross stuff and i was like Mm. uh so you know i would try to find somebody you know maybe actually you know what you can do kyle is if you look at the people in the knife talk who follow knife talk on instagram maybe you'll find someone that you can relate to because we have a lot of you know very good knife makers and blacksmiths and bladesmiths and it's a good it might be a good resource to you know jumpstart your algorithm to uh bikini-clad muscle women. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that's actually going to the the Knife Talk page. Um, I almost said Knife Cock. (laughs) Oh, baby. (laughs) Um, And and you hit the, the following. And see who's who who's following that page and who's follow or who and who we're following, uh, and then also other makers. Say you you're following Jeff. Well, who does Jeff follow? So then you go and tap who he's following, and you kind of the easy way to figure out who are knife makers is that it has something to do with fire or knives or blacksmith. <laughs> right. And then uh, you just kind of tap one at a time. Well, he, dude, let, yeah. let's let's also be clear. He's been banned from Facebook, so he kind of knows what he's supposed to be doing. Okay. You know, he's not, he's not, this is not uh, you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves here. I mean, this guy clearly knows how to navigate social media. He's, he doesn't need us to hold his hand. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And maybe listen to last week's show when we talked about gaining inspiration from others as well. Right. Um, that, may, yeah, that may be quite nice to listen to, too. Okay, Um, I'm going to tell everybody about Dharma Steel. Um, We work with them very closely. We do a Dharma Steel Chef Invitational um, every year, and um, they make stainless Damascus, um, which is amazing stuff. Um, We're currently doing a a build along with them for a... Let me just pull up Carly's um, email because there was stuff on here that I needed to read out. This is professional, isn't it? Um, Yeah, we're doing the Dharma Steel build along, hashtag Dharma Steel build along. Um, 
It's competition, so anybody who bought one of these specific bars of Dharma Steel, beautiful stuff. Um, they're, they're doing a competition ready for the Chef Invitational. If you've made a knife with that bar, um, send them one, just one stunning image at dci at dharmasteel.com. And then you may you may win. There's going to be two winners. We're going to choose a winner at Knife Talk, and uh, Dharma Steel themselves are going to win one. Are going to pick one too. Um, but yeah, if you haven't used Dharma Steel before, super super easy to use. Beautiful beautiful patterns. Go to dharmasteel.se or dharmasteelab on Instagram. See the kind of thing people are making with it. And um, and yeah, and if you're doing this build along with us, start sharing your stuff and start thinking about taking those photos to get them over to the guys at Dharma Steel. Mm. What's the this, deadline for submitting those photographs? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. We, we yeah, we will need to find out. But I mean, there's still there's still a bit of time. I think it's November. The the Chef Invitational anyway. Um, so yeah, so you want to start thinking about if you haven't started them yet, you really do need to start. And um, yeah, what have you got? You've got nice. yeah, six I'm not, seven weeks now. I gotta I gotta start mine after I get back from Maker Camp. Hmm. Are well, we still doing? Cool. Are we still doing one? I know Jeff I mean, lost his medal. You I'm don't know that yes, I lost yeah, a medal. I'm, I may have found my medal. Oh. Oh, may, did you? may have. Oh, there's an update. Oh, what's okay. the. I mean, um, don't worry about me. I, I may I may, or, <laughs> I may, or may He's not. He's going to slip one in last day. I isn't may he? or may yeah. not have. I mean, I may or may not have. One of our listeners may or may not have uh, sent oh, me this. Oh, oh slipped you. I mean, whatever it takes, ladies and germs. But I mean, you know. <laughs> fine it's jo- i mean it's november i mean we're not even in october yet so don't worry about i mean that. if i wasn't a skeptic i'd think that uh, jeff has done it and he's fucked one up and he's like oh no i've let's just say i've lost my piece can i tell you somebody something? sent him another you, one I, I i resent the fact that you think that you know me the way you do yeah I'm, I, it, it's a better to me it's a better bit to be honest, being honest yeah. is far better than pretending like I I tell all sorts of crazy things. It's honesty is way <laughs> funnier than the than fooling around. But okay, so you're back in the game. That's the main thing. I'm back in. I'm always in the game, baby. Back but in listen, the game. There that you go. your yeah, the damn steel thing is perfect for, for the start of our listener feedback. You guys, if you want to submit questions or dilemmas or uh, listener feedback or whatever or topics that you you think we should talk about go to knife talk podcast on instagram and then let us know so the first listener feedback comes from wilder knives of alaska and he says just keep up the psa on taking bad photos with feet in them no one needs to see that thank you yours truly (laughs) lou sassel so, <laughs> nice one. Fucking Lou. Thanks, so, Lou. Yeah, so get your feet. Don't put your feet in there. No one wants to see your feet in your pictures. Yeah. Um, small Town Smithing says, always love listening to you guys talk about stuff. I always have a notepad ready to jot down oh. all the useful tips and tricks. It's the highlight of my week. Sincerely, Phil McCracken. So <laughs> we got some fucking good dudes. Corey Phillips says, regarding inspiration versus influence, we talked uh, last week about the difference between inspiration and influence. And I, I, frankly, I mean to apologize. I listened back to it. I was kind of like, I was replacing words with words. And they, I was a little bit all over the place. So I apologize about that. Um, inspiration to me is, uh, this is Corey Phillips says, inspiration to me is seeing something ex- uh, exemplary and wanting to try to do something in your chosen, chosen field. But they're not necessarily related. An example would be to see someone breaking a world record in a sprint and seeing their greatness inspire you to try your hardest as a knife maker. 
Uh, Antioch Forge says, uh, inspiration, uh, inspired inspiration is seeing something that motivates you to do something better in a different way. Influence is seeing something that motivates you to do, do to them what they, motivates you to do what they're doing. So motivates you to do what they're doing. Mm. And Bingo Kindel, our boy Bingo Kindel, closes up, closes up inspiration by saying, he says, he's, saying to me, he says, okay, let me just get this clear. It's okay to see I was influenced by Jeff to put some color in my handles, so I put a strip of G-card into it, and I was inspired by a leaf in my yard for the blade shape. So at what point does influence slash inspiration become a straight ripoff? And if you give someone credit for your designer idea, does that make it not a ripoff? Great question, bingo. <laughs> Fucking bingo! <laughs> now, B-I-N-G-O. And I and I, it actually actually brings me up to uh, we are not no, we are no longer the number one knife related podcast on this German infested planet. Uh-oh. We're number two. Really? Wow. Yeah, we're number two. Apparently, apparently, Workford Podcast is number one. I mean, they've proclaimed it, so we bow Self-proclaimed. down. Self proclaimed. Come on, we bow down. So they were actually had a very interesting conversation. They had our friend Pickle Cutter on, and they were talking about uh, a Brian House was talking about people stealing ideas from him. He's got he housework industries, ladies and germs, and he's making all this stuff, and people are... He doesn't tell people anymore what he's doing because all these other companies are stealing his ideas. Mm. And then they were talking about clone knife makers, and they were saying that there are people who are out there going on to your what you're making, and then they were using Matt Gentry as an example. Someone basically stole Matt Gentry's design. And it was interesting because it was a kind of a departure from what we were talking about in terms of inspiration to inspiration but and inspir- inspiration and th- straight theft. Mm. So what do you guys think about that? Well, it's terrible. If people uh, are intentionally it's going terrible. out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank you. And, um, Thank you, <laughs> Professor. Professor yeah. <laughs> and what do I think about Brian being the self-proclaimed... Um, well, <laughs> having the, the, the greatest knife talk, the greatest knife podcast? That's bullshit. Come on. Come on. He does credit um, you for getting him into podcasting, by the way. Does he really? Yeah, you're, okay. his, uh, you're his inspiration. You're I'm his... the inspiration in that case. Right, right. okay. Now, to, I, I've got to say, they do a great job. It's really professional. They really do a great job. So if you if you don't listen, go and listen to that one too. But, you know, don't dismiss us. Listen to them too. Here's here's what's interesting. And I, I was thinking about it because I was thinking about our conversation. We had this really great conversation about inspiration versus um, influence and this idea of straight jacking. And it brings me back to what I completely have been saying forever. And it's like, people hate it is that knife making is not art. You know, it's not sculpture, you know, like when I think of art and and it has to do with who I am and through my history, I think of it as contemporary art or sculpture or painting. Like, I don't think of it like I delineate art and craft differently and i probably have a very stunted and very narrow view of what sculpture is in general and i feel as though that there are so many tips and tricks to make a knife that the design part is the closest thing to an artistic endeavor the art of each tip and process is an art because you have this finesse and you have the system that's you're doing on your own but it's it it it's it's interesting because it really does take away that idea of this artistic expression when you're just someone can just steal your idea, right? 
Yeah. But, I mean, people do that with art, too, surely. Yeah, right. of but, course. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's the intention Bob behind Ross. it, isn't it? Bob yeah, Ross yeah, yeah, was yeah. teaching people how to make his paintings. He wasn't yeah. teaching you how to paint. He was teaching you how to do his paintings. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. What do you think, Marocco? Mm. Um, I don't know. Well, there you go. <laughs> Man's got COVID. One. That's why we're number COVID. two. Right? Got That's why we're fucking number two, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Kids, the question: We're number two. Brian, you're number one, baby. You win, Brian. <laughs> Brian deserves Here we it. Go. Number fucking two yeah. after that. I don't know. No, I, I mean, it, when you put something out into the world, how much can you protect? I mean, obviously, you can put like copyrights and patents around designs and stuff like that. But at a certain point. Unless you're taking those measures, there's, there's, how much can you actually protect something? Well, it's Other not about than, protection. It's about the don't worry about the 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 uh, the, the legal part of it. It's more along. Well, the he lines is of, now because you asked him earlier if he's in legal trouble. That's all he's been thinking about the last oh, forty-five I minutes. My bad. <laughs> That's why we're number three. That's why we're number fucking three now. We dropped it down to number three. I apologize. Keep but going, Mark. I'm sorry. No, I just think that. Uh, once you put something out there it's it it is really really hard to protect it especially if it's a product like i have a bunch of product ideas but i'm like fuck the second i put it out there somebody's gonna be like oh i can copy that or i can make one of those too like people people we know do that shit i know right Mm -hmm. it's all over the place um I, i think the all you can do is do it the best really or 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 um continue to innovate like we've talked about before right? and and improve on something some designs you can't it's just it's just fucking good the way it is um and then like then you how, like how do you get to the top of the the sales is you're just you're the first or you're it's what it, something something about the way you do it makes it the one that everybody wants to have that's it mm. Yeah. You have to make something unstealable. Hmm. You really do. You have to make an idea very clearly, clearly just, just embedded in the person that you are. I mean, that's that. what I've had to do is try to bring the sculpture, my sculpture game, into the knife game just because I wanted to become hard to steal. And, 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 a lot of it's color decision. Like, yeah, putting a couple of different liners is not different, but like having color degradations and all these different kind of color theories and stuff like that, I've kind of put myself in a position of like, you know, it's hard. There are other guys who are doing a lot of color stuff. I don't own color, but you've got to figure out a way to make it your own. And that's the best part of being inspired is... Like last week we had that uh, guy who said that he made a knife and then he saw this big company and he got bummed out about it. It's mm. figuring out the, let's see what I'm doing and see what if that has a relationship to what other people are doing and then how can I push it towards my direction? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And do you know what can help in that design process? Knifeprint.com. Um, if you've never designed on a computer before, 
it's perfect for you. There's no software to download. It's all done in the browser. Just go to knifeprint.com. Um, basically, it's CAD. It's 2D CAD in the browser. They've got special tools that are specific to knife making. Um, and they've got a really great tutorial part as well where they'll teach you exactly how to do it. Super, super simple. Um, and then you can just save your designs, go in and tweak them and duplicate them, do anything that you need to do. Print them out to paper if you want to use them as a template. Or you can press print, and what they will do is either laser jet it or water jet cut it um, out and send it to you in the mail. So you pick the stock you want, um, the thickness and that kind of thing. Um, press print on your design, and you'll get one in the mail. Amazing. So, yeah, knifeprint.com. Um, yeah, it's it's like looking into the future. Look at you. Go take a look. I've got to read this last one. Uh, well, I have a couple more, but this one I have to read is... Yeah. Uh, Crown and Cutlass Custom Knives says, I just want, I just want, I don't know why I'm reading it. I'm reading it. Just want to say, guys, you put on a great show. I laughed so hard last week that I almost slipped while lathering my balls in the shower. <laughs> P.S. In case you're wondering, no, I didn't drop the soap. I don't know oh, why. Oh, okay, so when he slipped, what, what nearly slipped? I mean, are we talking he, a finger he slip here? Or are we talking <laughs> a cheeky <funny> finger? Part, <laughs> the, oh, <laughs> the old, you almost slipped up the old wazoo, huh? <laughs> check your oil temp, check your oil pressure. I understand. I think he got caught in the show, and that was a hell of an excuse he told his wife. I, just, I think maybe that's. I just, think, I just think it's hilarious that our listeners would tell us, like, "I love your show." I almost <laughs> slipped. While I was lathering up my balls with soap. <laughs> what a fucking thing to say. We have the best listeners on the market. We're back to number one. Brian, you don't have people doing this shit. You don't have people doing this shit. If only we still had that manscaping sponsorship deal oh, going. God. I, this would be the perfect sale. I still use that thing for my face. I never really. Yeah, yeah. I use it, but it's not. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't mind another one, but I, I use it as a regular shaver. I never used it for my uh, my crotch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking okay. lathering my balls. So whatever you want, we got more listener feedback, or we can go back to questions. Your call, guys. Uh, let me do one more question while you line up some feedback. Right. Um, this is um, Uncle Sam Metalwork. After a day of forging, what are you got? What are your guys' end of day shutdown routine? He's got a new shop and a new house, and he wants to get uh, into better and safer habits. And he says, thanks, that's Peter fits in well. Oh, Peter. <laughs> <Good old> Peter. <laughs> nice job, Adam. Hey, fits, fits in Peter, well. Peter might have had to meet up with our old friend, uh, uh, our <laughs> other guy. The guy just f- slept in the shower. <laughs> Jesus get himself Christ. involved with that. Yeah. Uh, Okay, end of day shutdown routine. Uh, Morocco, do you have any particular, you know, safety procedures? No, but I wish through? I did. <laughs> mm. I actually, I do have a uh, a little checklist over by the the door I used to leave the shop just before I shut off the lights. It's right there next to the switch, and it's like making sure that the the gas is turned off <laughs> and and like certain electrical equipment's shut off. Um, and things are closed down or whatever, but it's only like five or six points. But really, I, I would like to get into a better habit of cleaning up a little bit or tidying up a little better at the end of the day so that when mm-hmm. I come into the shop the next day, I'm starting from fresh instead of like coming to this messy, dirty shop. Uh, so just putting things back where they go. Uh, t- you know, I don't have to get super crazy, super deep cleaning, but 
um, especially putting things back where they go. Uh, Not like our last uh, question. Guys. Yeah, no. So my, the sur- <laughs> he likes to get super deep into his cleaning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Knuckle deep. <laughs> Greg Lockwood, you son of a bitch, you. Now we're back to number two. God uh, damn it. Maybe. Yeah. So, that's what I, I don't, but I wish I did. What about you, Craig? Right. Um, well, I don't do any forging here, so I've got no gas or anything. Um, but what I do have, I have t- all my electric is on two loops, um, and I have one throw sh- one throw switch um, for each. Um, so I can just turn anything off that's in my stuff that doesn't need to be left on. I've got like a bunch of fridges and stuff here for various things, so they're always left on. But things like that, like the forge and various machinery, um, I can just throw one switch on the way out, knowing that all those those circuits are broken. Can we recap why you have various fridges? Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I've got one for beer. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds ridiculous. Valid. Um, Very and, valid. Yeah. Yeah. And and I've made um, what I'd like to call my even cools. Um, so I have a, an old fridge where I've put a thermostat in and a heater as well as the fridge, um, just so um, my wood and stuff like that I can keep it at, at a certain temperature. Um, and I also have an old, another one for chemicals, such as epoxies. They're, they're kept at a, at a certain temperature, because we get extremes here. We get super hot summers and super mm-hmm. cold winters, um, and that can replay havoc, especially with epoxies. Um, so they're kept at 18 degrees throughout the year, so they're always ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, yeah, those things are always always left on, um, but the stuff that the the you know, the tools, the power tools, and even drill presses and all that kind of stuff that can just be shut off because they don't need power. Right. I'm going to say an unpopular opinion, which is uh, our old friend uh, uh, um, Skull and Spades Thirteen used to say, "A clean shop is a happy shop." Sometimes mm. a clean shop is a not very busy shop. I'm unfortunately <laughs> quite true. Unfortunately, yes, yeah, yeah. I've been in a couple shops where one it was so clean you could eat off the floor, and I thought it was all surgical precision. Mm. What I didn't realize was they weren't busy. So yeah. I've been in another shop, which I used to call a chop. It wasn't a chop shop, but it was like a fast-paced shop where it was as soon as a project went out, it was straight into another one, and it was a disaster area. So there is like the, a real uh, there's I have this subconscious thought in regards to you know you're if it's so, if you have enough time to clean it that's awesome but that doesn't necessarily mean you know sometimes you're falling out like my our shop right now is a shit house and it's because we're fucking moving we're moving a ton of stuff and we're we're working yeah. hard and sometimes there's just not enough time. In- so do you reset after like a big order? You'll stop, you'll take half a day or a day and reset everything ready to go for the next this order? This past year, we haven't. And a lot of it's like every so often I'll be like, if it's a real dump, I'll be like, let's just spend another hour, let's spend an hour and clean up. Mm. Um, I've been not good about it, but part of me is also just like, we're busy. This is, this is a place of business. We're busy and we don't get people to come in the shop. In terms of the end of the day, I have a lot of stuff on. Uh, I try. I try. I have. We've had a couple instances where I, I have some things have been left on accidentally, and I sometimes I'll have a panic attack and I'll drive back in the middle. Hillary hates it. I, I, I will walk the dogs and, and I'll be like, I got to go back to the shop. She goes, Why? And I'm like, Because I forgot to turn something off. She goes, well, can't you figure out a way to not do that? I'm like, Listen, let me just go to the shop. I'll make me. Feel, I'll be able to like live my life, and I come back and you know what something's on. <laughs> 
Um, it doesn't happen often. I try to really go about my way. The problem is, is the, the times that leave things on is when we're talking before we leave and we don't mm. like have an opportunity. We're like, you know, you know, talking about this, talking about that and want to get the fuck out of here. And I'm not mm. kind of paying attention. That's the only time that kind of stuff happens. Um, but, uh, it's a, it's good to, I, I like to have things on us. Um, those, um, splitters that you can turn off in one like all the you know five lights go off in one so it's i have a pile of things i gotta turn off and i have like a routine but sometimes i hate it when i miss something or forget something Mm. i'm not perfect yeah Really? I'm not. I wish I was. I actually you know what? Okay. I'm embr- I'm embracing it. Actually no, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm embracing my flaws. I'm uh, I'm accepting my flaws. I'm accepting uh I'm very accepting of my flaws, which is a relatively new thing. Good for you. Do you know who isn't flawed? Go ahead. The guys at Texas Power Supply. TexasFarrowSupply.com. Um, they've got everything you need, whether you're a farrier, a knife maker, blacksmith, whatever you call yourself. They've got it all there, including the amazing Indasso Rhinoette. They've got all the grits you could possibly want. If you've never used Rhinoette before, what are you doing with your life? Um, it's going to save you time. It's going to save you money. It's the sandpaper that everybody uses. Why wouldn't you? But go take a look. TexasFarrowSupply.com. Fill up your cart, use Knife Talk 10 at checkout, and you'll get 10% off your full order. And Texas Ferry Supply is also having a hammer in on November 11th. It's the JDCK and TFS, a lot of fucking letters, hammer in November 11th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. They've done it before. They did it last year. It's a great fair, uh, uh, It's a great opportunity to be around other um, knife makers, blacksmiths, bladesmiths, and it's a great opportunity if you are in near... Kennendale, Texas. So go follow uh, Texas Ferry Supply for more information. Get on it. Okay. Um, did you say we had feedback? Yes, we do have more feedback. This one comes from Speedster Stoves. Hi. Funny how you remember things from decades ago. My comprehensive school design and technology teacher was a massive indirect knife Karen. We talked about knife Karens. Those are the people <laughs> who are like, you're not supposed to do it like that. Um, even though he's not with us anymore and I wasn't making knives at the time, uh, get, get ready for speedster stove to talk poorly of the dead. Congratulations. Well, we, we surreptitiously made throwing stars, but that's another story. One of our favorite things to say was when you asked for sandpaper, he said, you would say for wood. You would say, no, he says, well, it isn't sandpaper. Is it? It's emery paper. Knife Karen. What? <laughs> uh, I remember it every time I use abrasives. So, hey, you know, anyway. I was, uh, I had, um, I had Honor Kagler and uh, Toby uh, Morell from uh, Fire and Steel on, on Full Blast, and we were talking about people being Karens on, like, that's not the way you're supposed to do it. That's, not, you know, that Honor is, dies in every film is the greatest. I mean, his, I mean, he does things now to, like, elicit people's responses you know they'll say that's you're supposed to push the well not pull you know and we were making the joke that like imagine if the bible if bible stories were now and the bible people like noah noah's ark was a youtuber and he was (laughs) building the ark and all the commenters would be like i've been a i've been a carpenter for 35 years that's not the way you hammer in a nail and i was just so (laughs) funny because i was thinking about you imagine if these guys from history were were like you know the biblical stories were now youtubers and how they would be reacted to by these knife carrots 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever had that situation where where you say something and then they'll uh, they'll they'll they'll, criti- they'll crit- criticize the wording that you've used? Oh, all the Go time. Ahead. Yeah, especially I can't think of anything specific, but especially you know the generation just older than us who know everything and how dare you do it that way. Um, there's various members of my family. Every time I try to do something, they'll just step in and say, "No, you want to do it this way." You just think. Maybe, maybe. I worked, I worked with a guy, <clears throat> one of the first metal shops I was at, and I was asking for a Crescent wrench. Crescent is the company that makes adjustable wrenches. I said, hey, could you pass me that Crescent wrench? And he goes, you mean an adjustable wrench? And he was holding it. <laughs> and I was just like, yes, Fuck. an adjustable wrench. Because he's not a call to Crescent wrench is a company. Adjustable wrenches are what they make. Like, give me this fucking wrench, you dickhead <laughs> like, i want to like paint him over the head with a crest wrench <laughs> what yeah. i wanted to do have you ever had that, that situation brecca or have you done it to someone no i i don't i try to not do that to people but i've definitely had it done to me oh it's correcting fucking obnoxious people, people being corrected mm. is like at the most yeah. it's just sometimes it's like well it's just like what's the fucking point you know unless it's like a buddy and you're giving him a hard time like you know what they're saying shut the fuck off yeah. Oh, shut the fuck off <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shut the fuck whatever. up and move on <laughs> yeah i love that shit yeah yeah uh sharp carpenter says listening to the last episode this is from a couple weeks ago and you were discussing grinding on a platen versus a contact wheel for profiles and roughing travis mm. Wirtz has a great demo on youtube on how to set up and grind using a contact wheel effective efficiently for profile work the main concept is to get the workpiece in the center line of the wheel so yep. you can you are maintaining 90-degree edges. Yep. Cheers, mm. and keep up the great conversation. Yeah. That's the ticket. Yeah. I'll generally rough out on a wheel, but then I will take it to a platen with a tool rest just to make sure I get those those 90 degrees. But, yeah, yeah. I always break those corners in the end anyway. So yeah. Sounds like when you're in the shower. Yeah, <sighs> just like that. I was breaking my edges. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, baby. Uh, right, Mareko, I know you're sick, but everybody needs to know all about your grinder. I, l- I love my Broadback grinder. Even though I'm sick, I still love my grinder so much because it's just so fucking handy. Oh, we got some dogs outside. Watch out. Sorry. I don't know if you guys can we even hear that. We don't need to watch out. Why do you need to watch out? <laughs> <laughs> Back to number fucking three again. Not, Why do we have work. to watch out? <laughs> None listeners don't have to watch out. You're in trouble, not us. <laughs> I love my grinder and I'm so thankful for it. <laughs> it's just such a versatile tool uh, because it's multiple tool, multiple machines in one. Um, and I believe our, our knife talk 10 is back on, right guys? Right. Yeah. So if you put in knife talk 10, if you go to the Broadback Ironworks website, Broadback, broadbackironworks.com, go shop around, get tool arms, uh, get chassis or get a whole setup, whatever you need. Um, put in knife talk 10 at checkout and you will save 10% on, uh, anything you get. And that can be a feral whack as well. So get yourself the full kit because yeah, as Morocco said, they've got an accessory for everything. Just using that one machine. Yeah. Pretty incredible. Or we're going to see them in maker camp. Yeah. There you go. I'll be doing some S grinding. Oh, good. Well, then... And handle sculpting and stuff. Well, then that is good for the next question, uh, which comes from our friend, 
Wyoming Cody. Wyoming Cody says, hey, cuties, could you explain a little bit more about how to do S-grinds? Are they only useful for kitchen knives? I haven't been able to find much info on them. Mm-hmm. Oh over to you. <laughs> you got a fart you need to cut, too? <laughs> oh, excuse me. Pardon me. Pardon me, madam. Watch out, guys. I'm about to fart. <laughs> Um, when it comes to S grinds, you just got to kind of go for it. Honestly. Uh, I think the, the biggest key for me has been to kind of, I don't know. You just kind of got to go for it. Um, there aren't really too many tips or tricks. You, you just kind of slap it against the blade against the grinder and get after it. Um, and I think you got to be willing to make a mistake. And, um, I think, for me, when I first started doing the S grinds, I was doing it on chef's knives. And that's actually honestly where it's the most practical because chef's knives are such large or such tall blades, and which means there's so much surface area that the whatever the cutting medium is could potentially come into contact with. And the benefit of the S grind is that it helps to relieve that surface interaction. Um, and so um, with a chef's knife, you can kind of... Uh, especially with, uh, if you get a, like a 36 inch radius or 24 inch radius, um, platen radius platen, um, put that on your grinder and you just kind of touch, try to touch just kind of in the middle of the face at the thickest part. Um, not all the way to the heel of the knife, just kind of in front of it because you want to kind of be able to sweep up to the heel as well as out to the tip. So I usually kind of do it in the middle of the, the length of the blade. Um, and then in also in the middle of the height at that section of the blade. And if I'm on a 60 grip, uh, belt, then if I make contact, the most it's going to do is make a scuff that's maybe three quarters of an inch. And then I just kind of start by trying to create a trough that I'm just going to try to continue to ride in as I bump up my grip progression from 60 to 120 uh, to 220. And, you know, if you're really going to get crazy with it for 400. Um, but by establishing that trough, you just have a, a little like track to run in basically at that point and you start moving it from that center position out towards the tip and back towards the heel and you you want to also kind of cut it a little bit evenly on both sides um because if you do too much work on one side just like if you were flat grinding or any other kind of grind if you do too much work on one side all at once and then go to the other side weird wonky things can happen and make it difficult to finish or to complete your finish grinding but if you work evenly from side to side that will be a bit better but anyways um yeah so just kind of get in there ride it grind it and I like to try to stay at least a half an inch away from the cutting edge on a chef's knife and about a quarter of an inch off the spine because at the, uh, at the 60 grit, because you still have more grits to work through. And I think for me, a, a challenge has always been knowing when to stop because I have another grit to go to, which is going to remove more material. Um, instead of taking it kind of all the way to almost finish at a really coarse grit, because then you have to work out those coarse grit scratches. So by leaving a little bit of room, then I can jump in at the 120 grit, and then I can clean up at the 120. I can push it a little bit closer, still trying to keep it around half an inch from the edge, but I can push it a little bit closer, maybe about 
to an eighth of an inch from the spine. And, and then I'm also pushing it further out towards the tip and further out back or further back towards the heel. And then when I get to the 220, um, that's where I'm trying to kind of like just polish things up and clean things up a little bit better. Um, and then I can kind of get the, the finish kind of, uh, I guess sweeps in at the heel as well as out, out of the tip. Um, something I do like to do when I'm running my radius platen, uh, especially when I get to the fine grit or a J flex belt is I do a piggyback. So I, basically I piggyback a, uh, a lightweight belt like the J flex on top of a, uh, like a, uh, oh God, what is it? Scotch bright belt. I couldn't think of the word Scotch bright belt, a surface conditioning belt. And, uh, I put that on there and I run it underneath and it helps to keep things smooth as well as kind of make up a little bit of the difference that you get from, uh, like an X weight, like a heavy backed 60 grip belt or 36 grip belt even sometimes i start with all the way up to the 220 or even higher uh j flex belt um but you just kind of work it slowly and back and forth work evenly side to side be willing to make mistakes what's that that's what she said that's what she said um (laughs) back and forth side to side yeah it's all in the hips there you go baby um and be willing but when you're first starting out either have something that's a practice piece or be willing to make a mistake because you're going to fuck something up somewhere. Uh, Alex Steele actually did a, a great video kind of sh- following his process of making a platen of his own and then using that platen to do an ass grind on a chef's knife. And I kind of, I am featured in there kind of helping to talk him through the process a little bit. Um, so and then is it practical on just culinary knives or is it useful elsewhere? I know of um, knife makers who use S grinds on like competition choppers. Um, because again, when it comes to um, cutting the, and the benefit of the S grind is that you're reducing the amount of the f- surface of the blade um, that comes into contact with the cutting medium. So if you're cutting through a two by four, if it's a flat grind or a convex grind, more of the blade is going to be in contact. But if you have an S grind on it, less is basically you're go, you'll be cutting with what is effectively only the height of, from the edge up to where it transitions from the convex to a hollow grind. That's the height of your blade, which if it's only half an inch, then it's only half an inch. And that way you can get better cutting penetration when you're cutting through a two by four or doing some of those severe cuts. Um, obviously you want a more, uh, dramatic edge geometry, more thickness, I guess, basically down near the edge, but it will, it will really help with the performance of those knives. I have a a point to make. Yeah. We're back to number one. motherfuckers (laughs) motherfuckers <laughs> brian <laughs> take a seat baby you're you ain't number one anymore that you can't come up with it work for a podcast can't come up with an answer like that that's it period i had a point i had a question for you if you okay. had a i would imagine i have not done a, uh i tried it as s grind once and i was just like this ain't for me only because i did, i was like free balling and it was a problem sure if you had a if you had a knife with a very flat spine and you had an adjustable work rest, like the one that they make from Broadback Ironworks, you could, in theory, set up like a jig system, kind of. 
Yeah. To, to put in an S grind that might make your life a little easier, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, especially the, there are different uh, blade grinding jigs that I think would actually be pretty suitable. Um, I think I'm trying to think of the best way to try to describe this. If you scribe just with like a, a marker along and hopefully the edge of your knife isn't sharp. Um, and if it is dull, it, but basically scribe a line that's half an inch from the edge. And then if, especially if it's a, a chef's knife, even if it's a Japanese style chef's knife or a European style chef's knife, you're, you're left with between the spine and that scribed line, you're left with essentially a, a triangular shape. Now draw a center line down the middle of that. That will be your center trough. And then the depth um, of the cut will indicate, uh, I guess, basically back by the heel of the knife, because it's wider, your your cut is going to be deeper. You're going to be cutting deeper with the radius mm. platen versus as you're farther out near the tip. Also, most knives have a nice gentle taper, right? A distal taper. So you don't have to cut as deep anyways out at the tip. Um, and so it'll be a shallower cut out at the tip. So you just kind of are starting deeper back at the heel and then kind of feathering it out towards the tip. And that will also help with, you don't really have to like get fancy with curves and jigs or anything like that. You kind of just have to have things lined up in the right place and then just kind of go for it. Um, and you learn, like, you can kind of, if you twist it down, you'll grind a little bit more. I do this all with the edge down um, because I'm confident the edge is safe. What I don't want to do is if I'm grinding edge up and I can't see the spine, is with that radius platen digging into the spine because this grind ultimately ends up closer to the spine than the edge. And because of that, I feel safe that the edge is, or I feel confident the edge is going to be safe. But it's it could be really easy to screw up the the spine. So I grind, I do this grind with the edge down because I'm watching the spine. And, and if you twist it, uh, kind of, Oh God, spine towards, then you're going to grind closer to the spine. If you sp twist it back the other way with the edge, a little bit twisting more towards the platen, then, then you're going to grind closer to the, uh, to the edge and you can kind of steer your grind as you're working in. And honestly, it doesn't have to be perfectly perfect. It can get cleaned up in the hand sanding after everything is done. Honestly, very rarely are my S grinds beautiful off the machine. Um, sometimes they're great and I'm like, fuck yeah. And then I do the left handed and it's all fucked up. <laughs> and so I thank God that I have to hand sand because that gives me an opportunity to clean it up. Um, so, but yeah, Dude. jigs, jigs can really help with that for sure. You cannot get much better than that. The guy's got COVID ladies and gentlemen, the guy <laughs> is sick as a dog and he's still whipping your asses. Number one, we're back to number one, period. Back at it. Wyoming Cody, you couldn't ask for a better answer. We're back to number one. Back at it. This is probably a good time to finish. Get the on fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We shall speak to you again next week. Bye for now. Remember, other podcasts are available. Maybe not as good as this one, but they are available. Bye for now. This show is brought to you by the. That was. That was. Oh. You're my inspiration. Do you mean to do that? <laughs> that was me. Oh, did you was, do that on purpose? Yes. Oh, good. Of course. Good. Because <laughs> we can play that, right? Or are we going to get sued? 
Shit. Uh, I mean, one second, five it's seconds. Fine. Ain't it's fine. You know what? We're yeah, not yeah. that big of a deal. Frankly, <laughs> no. I mean, nah. we're not in anybody's radar, honestly. No, you exactly. Know, we say number yeah. one, but we're it's like, good. you know, got a couple of schmucks from, you know, <laughs> from uh, the fucking, what was that island that the guy was mad at us from? Oh, Cyprus. 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 Cyprus yes, in the yeah, morning. Yeah. We got him listening. He's got. He's sitting there with a fucking radio and a couple twigs trying to figure out how to yeah. play this podcast. Yeah. Uh, you guys remember, we were talking about Vegemite the other day, right? Right. Yes. Bo yes, yes. Smith at King River Forge from Australia sent me some fucking Vegemite. Yeah. Really? Did you try it? I'm psyched. No, I haven't tried it yet. Yeah, he COVID, said to put it on some taste ob- anything anyway. <laughs> no, yeah, I actually sure. haven't had any problems with my taste buds throughout COVID, thankfully. Um, but he did say that you want to go light, hit it with some avocado too, and make some avocado toast basically with the Vegemite on it. Should be really ah. good. Uh, but he also sent me a mm. bottle opener. Um, I just want to give him a shout out and say thank you. He's doing good work. Um, he's, make, he's making culinary knives as well as EDCs and other other knives. But uh, yeah. It's a good dude. Nice. And I so appreciate what, it. what local delicacies can we mention next week to see if we get in a post there? <laughs> Beluga caviar. <laughs> oh, look at you. Exactly. Yeah, never you. tried the stuff. Oh, yeah, look yeah. at you. <laughs> nice. Oh, I nice. have a... I have a can you imagine the fucking fucking homemade caviar guy? I'm squeezing, <laughs> squeezing it out himself. I got a fucking, I got a bathtub with a sturgeon and I'm up squeezing his ass. I send you a dip can full of fucking eggs. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, I just get these, I just get these bottles of skull and I wash it out and I grab my fucking sturgeon and squeeze them like this and he squirts out and fills the container up. But throw them in a little dry ice, and there you go, Morocco. <laughs> Homemade caviar. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine. Imagine. I w- well, look, I've got to go. Right. Well, that but, was um, good. Yeah, it was good a good show. show good show. Um, hour 33, all good. Nice. Right, I shall speak to you nice again uh, very soon. Bye, guys. Bye bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.